welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is doing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. It's over, folks. It's official. Finally. Finally, Arkansas has a head basketball coach. No, there's no more sources. There's no more crap about saying, oh, well, what if this scenario happens? Maybe it's going to be this guy. No, sir. It is Eric Musselman, the next head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. He has signed the contract. It has been officially announced by the University of Arkansas, by Hunter Juracek, by everybody and their grandmother. He is coming to Fayetteville officially, and he is very excited about it, as well as a lot of Razorback fans are very excited about it. And you know what? You dadgum should be. Because Hunter, Eric Musselman, who's hired by Hunter Yurchek, it was a fantastic hire by him. Fantastic hire. And if you listen to my podcast last week, I believe it was on Tuesday, when I really went in depth about Eric Musselman, the more I read about him, the more I researched about him, the more I said, you know, this is going to be pretty good. This is actually going to really work out. Because of all the things that Mike Anderson struggled to do at Arkansas... Eric Musselman seems to be, I wouldn't say an expert in, but certainly seems to be a major upgrade in the things that Mike Anderson couldn't do. And what I mean by that is that if you just look at the resume and look at the style and look at what Musselman has done, he does a few things that just really stand out. Number one, he wins. Everywhere he's been, barring the NBA, because in which you know I don't want to make you know, excuses for him because he didn't. He went one hundred and eight and one thirty eight in the NBA three seasons, two seasons with Golden State, one season with Sacramento. I think that needs to tell you exactly what type of situations he was in. But besides that, his record is just amazing. In the CBA, he went two hundred and seventy and one twenty two. In the USBL, he went fifty three and three. In the D-League, he went 77-30. and 30. And in the NCAA at Nevada, he went 110-34. and 34. So when it comes down to it, the guy wins. And he wins at a high clip. And he wins in different ways, with different players, from different times, from different leagues, different calibers. He just wins. And that's a big-time get. The other thing that he does is X's and O's. There has been a few coaches, John Calipari being one of them. Now, no, take that for what it's worth. But there have been a few coaches in the game of basketball who have spoken very highly of Eric Musselman, saying that he is one of the great innovative minds when it comes to, when it comes to basketball in general, especially offensively. The way he draws up plays, the way he has defensive sets, the way that he is able to go down in crucial situations and games, he is a genius when it comes to those things. And so just hearing that, if that doesn't get you excited as a Razorback fan, I don't know what does. I mean, those are the things that you want to hear. You want to hear that your coach is able to do. So that, again, alone, right there, is the reason why it may really work out for Musselman. And then finally is going to be recruiting. He relied heavily on transfers at Nevada, there's no doubt. But if you're going to be a program like Nevada and try, and just try to become relevant and try to get to the NCAA tournament, transfers are the route to go. You can't just bring in four-star recruits like they're going out of style to Nevada. You just can't do it. So he had to do what he had to do, and he got players there, and he got players there at a high clip. 
but he was also not only able to get transfers and JUCOs, but he was also able to get a few big-time high school players even. He got a five-star come there this past season. Uh, and if you can do that at Nevada, imagine what you could do at Arkansas. So those are the three things that really stand out to me about Eric Musselman and why he think his upside at Arkansas is as high as it's been in quite some time, higher than it was even for Mike Anderson. The guy knows basketball. The guy knows what it takes to get into the NBA. He's coached NBA players. He's coached D-League players. He's coached college players. He knows basketball. He can coach basketball. And that's what Arkansas needs is someone who can coach basketball as their basketball coach. It's as simple as that. And I know that the rumors went flying around of the process that went down and exactly what it looked like on who it was going to be. It looked like they were going to wait on Chris Beard to get high, to hire him. And it looked like that maybe they were going to wait out and hold out hope for somebody else. I mean, there was just a lot of things flying around and rumors about what was actually going to happen. But at the end of the day, I got to give kudos to Hunter Yurichek in the administration of Arkansas. There was no major embarrassments or gaffes. There was, of course, speculation on who they were going after, but there was never really any true missteps. They were they held it really close to the chest. I think that the way it was announced was really interesting and intriguing. I thought that the way that Arkansas was able to do the things that they were trying to do was more impressive than anything. I mean, the way that Hunter Yurichek used social media to announce the hiring and where he put like red smoke coming out of Bud Walton Arena was pretty fantastic. Now, if you're Catholic, sorry, that was my dog shaking. And if you're Catholic, then, you know, that may have been offensive to some of you, but uh, I thought it was great. And I really thought that the guy that they got in Muscleman is the right guy. I love his upside. Um, the expectation, though, is high. The expectation is to get back to a Sweet 16, get back to being relevant in college basketball get back to competing consistently. And that's going to be the task that Eric Musselman is going to be uh, held to. He, he has to be able to get it turned around quick. And it's not like it, it's down in the dumps. I think that there's enough talent on this current basketball team to at least make the NIT under Eric Musselman in year one. Now, that's not going to excite anybody, but that's just the reality. I mean, that's, that's where he's going to be at with the talent that he has. So, you know, if he's able to do that in year one, Add a few pieces. I mean, there's no reason that this team can't be a tournament team or competing for at least a Sweet 16 here in year two or three. I mean, how could it not be? It's such a great setup, and he finds himself in a great situation. So I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see him get started. He's going to have a press conference Monday at 3 p.m. where he's going to introduce uh, himself, and Hunter Yurchek's going to introduce him, and then us in the media are going to be able to get to meet with him. And talk with him about some things, which, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he does the hog call. It's hopefully he does it better than Dana Altman. That was by far the worst one. And, you know, we're actually going to get some one-on-one -on -one time. I'm hoping I can get him on the radio show. I know it's going to be – he's going to be a busy guy here in the coming days. But I'm sure I'm going to get him on the radio show, and I'll be sure to share that interview with you here on the podcast as well. But, you know, a lot of people have been asking me about my thoughts on this and you know, thoughts on everybody. Like, my thought – my opinion, I appreciate that you value my opinion – but it's always a crapshoot when it comes to stuff like this. But here's my full-fledged, unadulterated, uncensored, no sunshine pumping opinion. My honest-to-God opinion. I think that this was as good of a hire as Arkansas could have made realistically. I think this is a hire 
that will benefit them in the long run. I think this is a hire that's innovative, that's outside of the box, that's really fascinating and brings along with national credibility. There is not one single person out in national media that is criticizing Arkansas's hire. There's nobody really in the local media that's criticizing this hire. If you do your research, if you look at what Musselman's been able to accomplish, if you look at what he's done from the grand scheme of things is what he's been able to do, you'll understand exactly why people feel this way, why I feel this way, why I feel like him being the next head coach at Arkansas is going to bring nothing but success the rest of the way. Will he win a national championship? I don't know. But the question comes down simply to this, folks. Is your coach, is your basketball program in better hands, and will it be better in the next five years than it was in the previous five years? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And honestly, I think it is. I think you have a coach who knows the game of basketball. You have a coach that when it comes down to X's and O's, you got a guy who knows what he's doing. You have a coach that has enough energy and emotion through social media, through his recruiting purposes, through everything that he does, that he is going to be able to attract big-time players to come to Arkansas and even garner the interest of other big-time players. You have a guy who is going to be able to make Arkansas basketball into something great, something exciting, something fun, something entertaining, and something so importantly that you should be proud of and that you will be proud of. That's how I feel about it. This is not a John Pelfrey 2.0. This is not a Stan Heath 2.0. This is not just a high-risk, low-reward type of hire. You're hiring a guy that has been coaching since 1989. All right, coaching at every level since 1989 and has been successful in every regard doing it. I don't know how you could find a better setup, a better hire than what you have right now. The upside is there. Sure, Chris Beard would have been great. Chris Beard would have been a grand slam. You could even say that Kelvin Sampson may have been a home or, or Greg Marshall may have been a home run. But for right now, this is a triple. We just got to figure out more. We got to find out more. We got to watch more. We got to research more. This is just the raw emotion and the raw reaction that I'm giving you right now as I'm recording this podcast. I said it before that I thought it was going to be Musselman. Ended up being Musselman, not toot my own horn, just stating the facts. And what I think about Arkansas and Hunter Yerchek, bravo. You pulled it off. You did a nice job. You hired a good coach. Now let's see how it transpires. Let's see how it goes. Be happy, Razorback fans. Be excited about basketball because I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to have a lot of energy, and you're going to be something. It's going to be something. That's all I can say. It's going to be something. So congratulations to the University of Arkansas on hiring a good coach in Eric Musselman. As my buddy Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio, when he came on this podcast, he said the same thing. Big time hire. Onions, double order, sautéed on Hunter Juracek with hiring Eric Musselman. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, I wanted to get into a little bit of the spring game uh, and some of the things that I really uh, got to see from that. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot to you know ride home about. There wasn't a lot of highlights. There wasn't anything that I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, I can't wait. Blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't anything like that. But what I did see 
I think is more important than any particular player that highlighted, any particular play that was highlighted. It may sound boring, but to me, it means something. All right? And here, and here's what it is. I'll, I'll get into some of the highlights and some of the plays in a second, but this is the biggest thing and most important thing that I was looking for. Was this a confused team again? Was this a team that couldn't get lined up, that had no idea where to go, had no idea where to be, had no idea what was expected of them, had no idea what play they were running, had no idea how to block, had no idea how to run routes, had no idea what to make the reads, who had no idea about anything? Was it going to be that team again? And folks, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And to me, that is so, so important. What I saw is I saw a team that when they went out there, they well, I'm not saying they're the most talented. I'm not saying they're going to go out and win six games this year. even guarantee that. But they were a team that knew what they were doing. They knew the plays. They knew the reads. They knew how they were supposed to line up. You didn't have coaches out there yelling at players, telling them to come this way or come that way. You didn't see a lot of broken plays where somebody ran the wrong route or the running back ran the wrong direction. You didn't see any of that. You saw a team that knew what the heck they were doing. And again, that may sound minor and and stupid and small, but that is everything. That's going to be everything this year. That's That was the difference of you winning two games last year to winning five or six games last year was just confusion and breakdowns. That's what it was about. And so I got to give kudos at least on that front. You know, there wasn't a whole lot that you can choose, you can really take from a spring game. I mean, let's just be honest. It's a practice. It's a scrimmage. If the defense looks great, does that mean the offense sucks? If the offense looks great, does that mean the defense sucks? I mean, you're always going to be asking yourself these questions when it comes down to it. And at least from what I got to watch, I got to see a defensive front that looks really nasty. I think that the adjustments that they've made on the defensive line with new personnel coming in is going to be helpful because apparently uh, they're no longer having to hold on to players. They're just going towards the ball. Now, <laughs> at least that's what the, the idea I got from it, which is just funny to hear, but that's true. It's just the defensive line is no longer worrying about their zones or what their, their you know lanes that they're supposed to be in. They're just going to the ball. And so you could tell that that made a difference with a lot of these players of like, hey, don't think about it too much. Just go get them. So I really like that. I, I really liked uh, the wide receivers and how they were playing. Coylan Jackson stepped up, but it really it was the storyline was Trey Knox, that true freshman. My word. That dude's a stud. I can't believe he is, he's going to be at Arkansas for three years. I mean, he already looks better and bigger and faster and stronger than any other wide receiver that Arkansas had on the team last all last season. Like he's already to that level, and he had a really nice play where he made a he had caught a pass from Ben Hicks, and then he turned it up and did a great move to juke out the guy, and then he was just off to the races and scored a touchdown from about forty five yards out. I mean, just a beautiful play, and those are the types of things can, that can excite you when these true freshmen are coming in. Not to mention the fact that the offense didn't have some of their key players like Cheyenne O'Grady, like Rakeem Boyd. I mean, guys that would have really been able to showcase themselves. Michael Woods is another one. I mean, they did not have a full set of offensive players. So you're just hoping that once he gets, once all those guys get back, maybe once Nick Starkle gets on campus and starts uh, getting into practices and seeing how he does, 
Maybe all that stuff will come to fruition and start actually working out. Maybe everything will get taken care of from there. But, you know, just going off of what I saw and the excitement level that I know a lot of Razorback fans have for it and for the football season to start, I liked what I saw. Um, Not expecting anything big this year, though. But it's progression. It's about getting better. It's about improving. And this team, no doubt, without question, hands down, is a better team right now than they were last year. They have more talent. They understand what they're supposed to be doing, and you're hoping they can only get better. Can it translate on the field? That's going to be the biggest discussion. That's going to be the biggest issue. But I liked what I saw from them on the spring game. We'll kind of have to revisit this once fall camp comes around. Maybe SEC media days will do all that's fun stuff too. But, you know, it's that's all you can ask for for this team right now. It's just improvement. Can you be better than you were last year? They're a better team than what they were last year. So that alone is worth something to me. I don't know if it's worth anything to you, but it's definitely worth something to me. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.